Blog Talk Radio. Calvin Chamberlain. Hello, Calvin Chamberlain. Do we really have time to say my entire name twice? It's kind of a long <laughs> name. It is kind of a long name, and uh, this is not going to be a very long show, because yet again on a Tuesday in the winter, I had something else that I was doing earlier, playing basketball. That's right. So skit scat, Calvin. we got to get going. Yeah, Rory's constant schedule is... Uh... Putting a damper on our show, but you know what? We try to we try to do it for the people when we can, right? Hey man, I was I was shooting I was shooting the lights out tonight. I, my brother had never seen me play this way. It's one of the Here's best things. That best... Oh man, I don't know. What I, numbers I, 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 volume shots. I, I I mean, it probably didn't work out very well. But it, well, one and twos. I probably I probably scored uh, I don't know twelve or fifteen points tonight, and I think overall we played. Uh, Two or three games to eleven and one to fifteen, maybe more than that. So I felt pretty good about how I how I did tonight. Nice. Well, that's uh that's all you can ask for, right? And that's the only intro that we have. That's it. That's it. Because we only have sixty minutes and we've got a bunch of topics ready to go to go here. The first one, Calvin, is uh, not a Celtics topic like we like to start out on this show. This is your show tonight. We're starting with the Lakers. And most importantly, what just happened to them? I was this was going to be a Kobe Bryant retirement segment because he just announced his retirement over the weekend. Hope you had a nice oh, Thanksgiving, by the way. What's that? I said, oh, it will be a Kobe Bryant. Yes, and it will be a Kobe retirement discussion. But we we lead that discussion off with what he did tonight. Uh, why don't you tell the people since it is your team? Well, uh, it's, I don't know if you if you heard people, but uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, fresh off uh, the, the greatest losing streak in the history of sports, uh, what was it, 28 games, something like that? I think Going it was 26 or 27, season. yeah, maybe even 28 up to that at this point, I'm not sure. Going back to last season, uh, mm-hmm. have finally won a game this season, and the, the, the game that they won is uh, against the Lakers for the for the right to call themselves the worst team in basketball. Uh, you know, as a Laker fan, I'm I'm pretty happy about it because uh, the Lakers need a top pick, three pick to avoid that going to the 76ers. So uh, it's almost like a double win, you know. But that being said, uh, Kobe Bryant, and now, now the Lakers are clearly the worst team in basketball. Kobe Bryant in this game, 7 of 26, Rui, and more importantly, Four of 17 from three-point range. Kobe took 17 three-pointers in this game, right? That's ridiculous. Well, let me tell you, I am very happy that I decided to drop him. Do you remember earlier this year, a couple weeks ago, I was saying to you how uh, I thought I got Kobe, getting Kobe Bryant in the 11th round of my fantasy draft was such a steal, and he was it, it yes, was going to pay off. Uh, I dropped him last week, so I'm glad he's finally off my roster, putting up numbers like that. Cannot even make your 12-man roster, Ray? No. Brutal. Wow. Brutal. Wow. So I'm guessing shooting percentage, man. I picked up C.J. Miles instead. C.J. Miles is available? He was available, yes. I was surprised to see that as well. But that's who I I got. That's a good pickup. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, so here's the thing. The Lakers are terrible. 
Kobe makes the Lakers terrible. But, you know, it, it's all is not lost in Lakerland because this is Kobe Bryant's last season. I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you saw it, Rory. Maybe you didn't. But Kobe, uh, on Derek Cheater's website, Cheaterland, wrote, uh-huh. wrote a long poem. Uh, he wrote a letter to basketball by Kobe mm. Bryant. And, yeah, I didn't, I didn't all, see it. Why don't you give yeah. me some highlights here? All, all fans who attended the Lakers game uh, after Kobe Bryant's announcement got, got monogrammed uh, actual physical letters to basketball signed by Kobe Bryant with, with Kobe Bryant's fancy new Heroes and Villains logo that he put at the bottom of, of Sid's letter to basketball. You know, the, the letter's long, but it basically summarizes, you know, the start of his career and how, you know, he th- he can't do it anymore and he's he's given everything he could to basketball. And, you know, good in, in one respect, good for you, Kobe. But in another respect, I don't... I, I'm, just, it's just, I'm just tired of this. Like, and it's not really about Kobe, per se. It, it, it is, but, but just to to extend this to a macro discussion. I don't really like it when any, like, long-time athlete calls attention to himself, like, in the middle of the season, talks about how, how it's going to be his final year, and okay. writes a love letter to basketball. You know, so you know, like, this, is, this, to... is where, this is the question that I was going to ask you regarding that, in regard, because my okay. brother and I were talking about this earlier, and he is convinced that Kobe said it now so he could have this sort of uh, farewell tour for the rest of the season, whereas I sort of think that he has basically been hinting at it for the whole year already. And he figured this thing out a while ago and he was just waiting for the right moment and decided to announce it Thanksgiving weekend. I don't necessarily for the first time ever believe that he's trying to steal the spotlight or anything like that. It sounds like you are on my brother's side in this situation. No, no, I have a third side, which is, I I think Kobe, uh, Kobe didn't realize that he was done until he got into because here's the thing: if Kobe could still play basketball, there's no way Kobe would be retiring at the end of the season. Kobe's only retiring because he's being humiliated on a nightly basis out there. Right. And, well, and, but that's and, what I'm saying, and he's he figured that out very quickly, and he's been hinting at it all season. He first he said that uh, if somebody were to ask him on a specific day that and he had to give an answer, he would have said that he's retiring. That was a couple weeks ago, and the week after that. He said, if things don't get better with my, my body, then I will be retiring. And flat out said that. And, and he's basically just said that he can't even walk after games sometimes. So I feel like he's he figured it out, maybe not before the season, but like you said, already just a couple weeks in. Yeah, I, I, I think that he really – I think that Kobe like really wanted to think that he could recover from this and, and remain a productive player, or not even a productive player, but like a shell of what he's been as Kobe. The thing about Kobe is like he'll never turn into he'll never turn into like a guy that like Vince Carter or Paul Pierce. He'll never just be the guy who like stays within the system and like does what he can to help out other teammates. It's not within his it's not within his persona. Like it's not within his personality. He'll always be the guy who like thinks that like his way of helping a team is like showing them how to do it. And it, it doesn't work when you can't do it anymore. And we're right. seeing like Kobe Bryant is embarrassing himself out there. Just at historic levels this season, and I think well, that he, like I think that he should have figured it out, you know, five games into the season. Quite frankly, like the fact that it's sure, this amount he probably of time did. is ridiculous. But but I, I think I, I guess I'm I'm also annoyed because I feel like if he, if he played this far into the season and he's already been you know being vague with it, he should have just made the announcement at the end of the season instead of again calling attention sure. to himself. Now, now people in LA are like calling for. Well, now, now that we know it's going to be Kobe's last year, just give him give him as many shots as he wants. Like people previously were mad, like, "Hey, Kobe's holding back the development of the young players." That's pretty which stupid. he is. Yeah, yeah. Why, Kobe, why would you flip the script just because he's not going to play anymore? You know what? That's another thing that like it's going to it's going to fill up arenas around the country now. And may, he, I don't think that he had this in mind, but. It's definitely gonna. People are gonna come out to see this guy come out, come to the uh, court and go five of thirty and uh, just chuck up shots. And it's ridiculous. It's not. It's not fun to watch, especially for you. How does it? How does it feel, Calvin, that that you your team lost to the Philadelphia 76ers tonight because Kobe's a chucker? Does that Does that feel good? I felt like crap when the Celtics barely beat Philadelphia. You must be just. I don't know. I know your team is bad and you expect it, but Philadelphia, man, seriously, not to rub it in your face. I'm, I'm well, seriously again, I'm, interested I'm in your in, well-being. 
I'm in this horrible position where the uh, the only way that we can keep next year's draft pick is if we if we get one of the three worst picks. So the uh, so the only way that's going to happen is if they continue on this road. So in the in in the long run, like having Kobe here doing this, it's like it it's bad for the team, which is you know good for the team. I hate being that guy, but I feel like if if we just had our draft pick, then I would continue rooting for the team, you know. But I'm almost for I'm in a position where it's like all or nothing. So I'm almost forced to, to like root for this team to be terrible because it's not going to be good. Um, but I, I think beyond that, just just in terms of like Kobe's sake, like Kobe, I I just hate how this is like a narcissistic. Like now Kobe's going to get cheered everywhere he goes. Now like gifts are going to be handed out to him by every team. It's like I hate when any athlete does this. I would if Kobe's going to retire, I'd much rather just have him retire now. Because what what is he getting at? Like just in, even for his legacy, like what is he getting out of this other than looking horrible on a nightly basis, losing to the Seventy Sixers? Just like as a and not even a Laker fan, but as a Kobe fan, I find it embarrassing. Like I really do feel like he should just quit right now. I mean, the team would be better off money. without him. He would yeah, he would be better off. Yeah, that's a good point. He is getting money. He doesn't get paid if he walks money. away. He's he doesn't enough have money. enough money, you would think, but, I mean, his wife could probably walk away from him at any moment and disappears. We all know their history. The adulterer, uh, Kobe Bryant. I think he'd, um, I think he'd still probably be fine, but I, I appreciate probably. the cheap chat. <laughs> um, but you know what it is going to do? It's going to drive up ticket prices for most Laker games. So when I look for tickets to come see you yeah. and the Lakers and the Celtics, in March, actually, I think it's April at that point. I'm going to go to Tick IQ. Yeah. I'm going to check out our friends at Tick IQ. T I Q I Q dot com. What's that? Two grand? That's ridiculous. They they just released a fantastic rewards based mobile ticket buying app over there at Tick IQ, and I hopefully they show you tickets that are a little bit less than two grand to get into Staples Center. We'll talk about that in a moment, or maybe off the air or something, because that's ridiculous. Um, but Tick IQ already has the cheapest seats for all Boston sports, so anybody listening out there all over the place, go to TickIQ.com and uh, check it out. But more importantly, get their mobile app, and you can save up to 10% more on tickets to any live event. You can set price alerts, be notified when the tickets are in your price range, and see all those top deals at the Garden or Gillette or on the road if you're going to Staples Center like me. Uh, they aggregate all ticket sellers onto one platform. They show you everybody, all the other websites set up. We don't even care to say their names, and they bring them all to you. TickIQ.com is great. Go there. T-I-Q-I-Q. Use the promo code BOSTON for 10% off your first purchase if you use that app. So pick it up on the uh, Apple Store or Android markets. Do you have anything else you want to finish here as far as the Lakers are concerned? Because we're already a couple minutes over. Let's move on. No, I'm good. I'm good. They lost to Philadelphia. What more can you say? That's it. That's all you can not say. Not much. Not much. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? Uh, so up next is the big news in Boston today. The huge news in Boston today came down um, towards the end of the workday here. The Boston Red Sox have signed David Price for, I keep wanting to say three years because he has an opt-out clause, but it's a seven-year deal worth Thirty-one million a year over the course of, this, of the, the deal, uh, two hundred seventeen million total. Yikes! Highest-paid pitcher ever, Calvin. So there's not a whole lot that I really feel like saying about this right now. I think it's a good move. I think that that you're going to see other pitchers make even more money than that, Clayton Kershaw, when the time comes. Uh, but as far as you're concerned, out there in LA. How do you feel that right now David Price is making more than uh, your boy Kershaw? Is it worth it? Well, no, Kershaw just, signed, Kershaw just signed a deal last year. So David Price is going to make more than him for a while, apparently. I um, thought Kershaw was up in a couple of years. I thought his extension was short, but I could be wrong about that. He had a seven-year extension, seven oh, million dollars deal, but he has an opt-out, but he's the kind of guy who it's like – in a couple of years, he hasn't opted out, but it's, it looks unlikely. Right. Okay, um, so it's the same yeah. t- same type of thing as Price just got from the Red Sox. So Price is making a little bit more than Kershaw. So yeah. I don't know. I don't so know if that's Scherzer's what it is or not. Scherzer is also making more than Kershaw. So 
I feel pretty good about that Hitchhiker's contract now. But um, right. Yeah, that's that's my question to you. Is first of all, how old is David Price? He's like twenty eight, twenty nine. I thought he just turned thirty, but I'm gonna find that right now. What's the question? Yeah. So. If if the internet machine would work, the Googles. I like to look at maps on the Google. That's my Dave, uh, Dave my uh, George Bush, George W. Bush oh. impression. You like that? Yeah, he just turned thirty. I I knew that. Somebody I was trying to tell somebody that earlier, and they were like, "No, he's not thirty yet." But no, he just turned thirty uh, this past August. Okay, so you know, with with the direction that baseball is going in, how many how many good years? you anticipate getting at how many of these seven years do you anticipate being good years in this David well, Price see, this is this is why I think it's a good deal for the Red Sox and I think that they've played this one correctly he has an opt-out clause after three years I think they're going to get three good years out of him and at that point who knows if they, if those are great years say they go to a World Series and he's integral part and in maybe even winning one or he doesn't collapse in the playoffs like he normally does over the next three years, maybe he decides to opt out and try and get a bigger contract, and then the Red Sox win this thing because they can decide to just let him walk at that point if they want. I think the bigger question here, or the bigger story here, is the fact that this is a totally different direction than the Red Sox would have gone just one year or two years ago, and the only thing really that's changed is the fact that they got rid of Charrington and Lucchino, and they brought in Dave Dombrowski as the – He's not the general manager. He's like the president of baseball ops or something at this point. But he's essentially the general manager. And he's the one that's signing on off on all these deals uh, that may or may not happen over the course of the winter meetings. And this is the first one. I think it's a, a, a good sign. I mean, he, he brought Craig Kimberlin Kimberl as well, top, line, top of the line closer in, uh, in the league. And I think that the Red Sox are setting up to be an, a good team again for once and the main reason is Dave Dombrowski. So I think Red Sox fans should be excited whether they like David Price or not, whether they think it's a good contract or not. I think they should be excited because the team is definitely moving in a different direction. Just a year or two ago, they would not have signed a player like this, and they actually declined to, to pay John Lester because of this the age situation. So anyone that's a Lester fan is looking at this probably and saying, why didn't they pay Lester? It's because Dombrowski was not here when Lester was was uh, up for his contract. Don't look at Dombrowski. Look at Lucchino. He's gone. Look at Charrington. He's gone. Those are the two guys, to me, that were the ones that didn't want to pay Lester. So it, this is a new regime, it seems, for the, for the Red Sox, and I think people should be excited about that. Well, one, David Price is significantly better pitcher than John Lester. I don't know, loyalty to John Lester aside. Uh, well, people he, would argue, he, the argument, I agree with you. I agree with you overall. Yes, he is. But the argument is that Lester is better in the postseason. So if you are at the verge of getting to the postseason and you need somebody to carry you throughout the regular season to get you there, and you think you have a guy, which I don't think the Red Sox do at this point, maybe they'll find one, that is a postseason type of pitcher, then this David Price deal is going to look better. But you're right. Overall, he is a, a long-term regular season type of pitcher, and he's better than John Lester in that regard. Yeah, I, I find – I mean, we don't, we don't have time to get into it this week. We'll get into it in a, and next week. The, 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 the idea that, like, a player becomes different in the postseason is, is a fallacy. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Um, as far as – yeah, as far as yeah, we're going to have to because I don't know if it's a, so yeah. much of a fallacy. Go ahead. I know, I know you disagree with me, but yeah, this is a good topic for for us to get into. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to introduce a new segment, so we'll, I'm just going to add this to the list of things that we discussed. Uh, so yeah, my thing is again, I, I have I have a hard time believing that David Price at 33 or 34 would opt out of a contract that's going to pay him 31 million dollars for another four years. Uh, with the idea I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's front loaded or not. Really, that's an average annual value. We, you would have to see the specifics, but uh, I would assume if the Red Sox did it right, they're going to pay him more in the middle of the contract and less at the end, or front load the thing and pay him less at the end. But I'm not. I don't know the specifics of it. So, 
Right. Regardless, though, he's probably still making. So even if he's only making twenty million as a as a thirty five to thirty seven year old, he's not going to want to opt out of that deal to try to get more money because that that's probably unrealistic, right? I think given his age, you, you, he's I don't know. To... Just the way the market's going, though, Calvin. If he pitches well for three years and decides that he's going to opt out, he may be able to get a larger contract for two or three years, and just let it go, and then walk away. Say, see you later. I'm done. I'd be I'd be skeptical of that. I mean, that, that seems unlikely. It's possible, I guess, but yeah, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on that in terms of making this a good contract. I think more likely you'll get the value in the first couple of years, and you'll have to eat the money on the, on the last couple of years. But that's just the way the market works, and the Red Sox are a team that that spends money like it's going out of style. So like that shouldn't really be that big of a deal to you as a Red Sox fan. What is important is that your starting pitching sucks balls, and thus. Getting a frontline ace like David Price, it will probably make a huge difference on how good your team is next year. And that, that's that's all it comes down to. And I, <laughs> I expect David Price, because he's been a consistent pitcher, to continue being a consistent pitcher, particularly staying in the AL East, so he's already familiar with you know all those teams, at least for the next couple of years. I wonder if this is on the other side. Sorry, I'm just talking to myself because something keeps popping up on this website. That's a fun fun thing to say live on the air. Nice. Great. I'm scatterbrained right now, man. Okay. Um that's uh that's all for the David Price discussion for now. We'll see how yep. things play out going forward on in, in the winter uh, and uh maybe somebody else will get a bigger contract tomorrow. I don't even, I haven't even been paying attention to who's still on the market. Um I know Jordan Zimmerman was Rumored to have agreed with Detroit, but uh, Granky, Granky's still out there, right? Let's see how much Granky gets from a team. Maybe it's more than than uh, David Price. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, all right, I feel like up the next, just won't pay him. No, not if they're going to plan on paying Kershaw and other players. Although you you never know, Magic Johnson does have deep pockets. Um, oh, they have the money. I think it's more that the the sabermetrics mentality that I'm going to want to pay. Uh, a 31-year-old, the same gimmick. They're not going to pay 31-year-old Jack Granky a seven-year deal, but we'll see. All right, so let's let's do see if we can do four minutes each for these next two topics. It's going to be mine and then yours, and I know mine's going to be quick. This is just a little bit of a rant about you out there listening, you people, you Patriots fans. I'm tired of Patriots fans just freaking out at the at the littlest things that happen. And not that this was a little situation, and it is definitely significant if what appeared to be happening was happening. But if you missed it the other day, Rob Gronkowski got hit in the knee. It was a completely legal hit. And he looked like he was in a lot of pain. And, of course, everybody immediately thinks that he tore his ACL because it's happened before. But... I would just say to Patriots fans out there, things go so well for you pretty much all the time. Forget about any conspiracies you think about that you have against the league or the league has against you. Forget about the referees being incompetent and just making bad calls. It's not because it's the Patriots. Relax on that. We all want the Patriots to win around here. Maybe not Calvin. Definitely not Calvin. No. But the point is, Wait for the MRI results to come out before you go crazy and lose your minds and claim the season is over and claim that nobody that nobody's that they can't win now and I mean they almost had a chance to win that game against Denver without him. Brady still found a way to get into field goal range and send that thing to overtime. Okay? In the in the long run over the course of the season, yeah, that would have been a devastating thing. But I'm just begging people to stop just losing their minds over every little thing that happens, whether it's from the refs to the bad calls to the flake gate and all this stuff. Yeah, it was a it was a taxing time on Patriots Nation, if you want to call us that. But things go well for this team. P- Patriots fans cry all the time, Calvin. I just don't understand. This is a good team. It's an excellent franchise. They bounce back time and time again from injury, and people just – just moan and whine and cry. Woe is me. The season is lost. 
I'm just kind of tired of it. So that's it. That, that's all I have to say about it. You, you know what it you know what it comes down to. It's just the the, the city of Boston's us versus them mentality. It carries over to the sports. But no, it's yeah. not that though. It's not the it's not the city of Boston's mentality. There's something about Patriots fans. I don't see Red Sox fans doing things like this. Celtics and Bruins know, fans don't whine and cry. I just I, I feel know. like Patriots fans are very vocal in the fact that that they think everything is going against them and everybody's out to get them and all this stuff. And maybe some of it is warranted, but I, I, I don't think there's a target on, on the Patriots at this point, as far as referees are concerned and people are complaining and it's just annoying. That's all. I mean, have you, have you ever heard of Tommy Heinsohn or Matt Munger? Matt Mike, Mike Munger? Munger? No, come on. Those those are isolated incidents. Tommy, I mean, of course, Tommy is the broadcaster. We, he's a well-known homer. I think the fan base in general doesn't really clamor uh, as far as, I mean, not anymore anyway. Maybe the David Stern days were a little bit different as far as the Celtics are concerned. Uh, but things also David didn't Stern go well. Like- things also didn't go well for the Celtics. I'm talking about the Patriots who have been excellent for years. They are a top five franchise of all time. Maybe even more better than that, and people still have just—they're just so concerned that things are going to go poorly. We got to move on because we're going to another yeah, NFL. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear—I don't want to hear Patriots fans complaining about getting screwed because Giants got screwed in the game where they played them. So Seriously, whatever. I'm, t- I'm, t- uh, I'm tired of it. But that's—that's yeah. that's my four minutes. So you, you do your NFL topic right. now. Well, one of your yeah, NFL. My NFL, NFL topic. My NFL topic is Johnny Mantell, and we haven't had a show in a couple of weeks. I wanted to talk about this. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when he got demoted to third string by Coach Mike Pettin be, uh, because a video was released of Johnny Mansell partying. I'm tired, and this just doesn't, it just doesn't uh, only involve Johnny Mansell. I'm, in general, tired of NFL coaches, NFL fans, uh, NFL commenters, in, in the like, coming down on fun, like somebody choosing to have fun is, is a hate crime. I'm so look. Johnny Mansell's a 24, 20 year old dude who likes to party. Like there's, if, as long as he's you know memorizing his plays and doing what he has to do out in the field. And according to the Browns in the off season, Mansell came in with a whole new attitude and really worked hard. And everyone was impressed by how hard he worked. Then who cares if he parties in his own free time? He didn't. He didn't miss a team flight to go on a party. So I so I don't want to hear the fact. Oh. Look, he checked himself into rehab, sure, but that's because essentially the team made him. Like, Johnny Manziel probably doesn't think he's an alcoholic. So the video surfaces of of him partying, and, yeah, to protect your your pathetic fan base in Cleveland that's so worried about, you know, whether this guy's an upright, moral, upstanding citizen because he likes to have alcohol and hang out with girls. Oh, what a a terrible guy he is. Yeah, that's fine, all right? The guy likes to have a good time. Get over it. Like, he's still doing what he's doing. Instead, you demote the the one guy on your team who might uh, show, you know, signs of a guy who could have a future on your team as opposed to 37-year-old Luke McCown, who was, by the way, when you brought him back, not ready to come back, and that's why he got hurt again and is done for the season, so now you look terrible. So, yeah, that's great. You made the wrong decision based on, on some... People attempt at morality, just like, you know, people complain about Cam Newton dancing too much. It's the same thing. Look, guys want to have fun. Let them have fun as long as it's clean, harmless fun. He does something wrong, you investigate that. He's partying. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Now you look stupid because you demoted him to third string where you said he'd be for the rest of the season. You've already backed off of that. Uh, you either have to play him or Austin Davis. There's really no reason why you shouldn't be playing Mansell at this point anyway, because again, your team has no hope, and like, he has shown signs, in my opinion, of a guy who might turn out to be decent if you gave him the time. But apparently, but apparently, you just all you want to do is shoot yourself in the foot to to hold on to some pathetic moral stance that really doesn't matter at all because there's nothing wrong with partying. End of rant. All right. End of rant. I like it. That was a nice little eight-minute segment that we just pulled off there. Actually, yours was got was finished faster than mine, maybe because I didn't interrupt you. Just kidding. Uh, you had like three minutes, but you know what? That's that's Calvin and I. Because I'm pissed off for greatness. That's right, Ray Lewis. That's what. That's us doing that. We're pissed off for greatness, Calvin. Well done. Congratulations. Uh, that was very. That was very good. Um, I was going to say something else. How was I going to lead into this? Uh, well, I guess I'll just 
jump right in then because, man, I just can't keep track of my own thoughts right now. This is brutal. It's like I'm like I fell asleep and I'm just drooling all over the place. It's just it's terrible. Um, anyway, we'll start it now, right now, right at the 1030 mark. Calvin and I were talking some basketball earlier. We know we love basketball. You know, you love basketball out there. Oh, I know how I was going to intro it. I never gave the call-in number, Calvin. That's that's what the problem is here. 323-642-1484. And, uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Team Green Truth. And on CLNS Radio is on Twitter as well, at CLNS Radio. Call that number and talk to us. Maybe. for Maybe we'll give you a minute tonight. How about that? 323-642-1484. And those call number, that call number is toll-free, and it's brought to you by FanDuel. That's right, FanDuel.com. Now I'll tell you about some basketball stuff, because if you think you know basketball, you should prove it at FanDuel.com, because you can pick new players every night. And tonight, there are some players that uh, maybe you should have picked and maybe you shouldn't have picked. We talked about Kobe Bryant earlier. He had a terrible night. You definitely shouldn't have picked him on FanDuel. Kevin Love, top-of-the-line player, right? Not a very good night. Two of ten, eight points, eight rebounds. Not great for him. Shouldn't have picked him on FanDuel. But how about this gem, Calvin? If somebody had picked Brandon Knight on FanDuel, they probably would have had a really good night. Guy had 26.7 rebounds and four assists. He shot 50% from the field and had three three three-pointers. That sounds like a great FanDuel night to me. So you should head over to FanDuel.com right now and pick some players uh, for the games that are about to start. And if you're listening to this on podcast, as you do, you should go pick some players for the games tonight. You can win immediately. You win right now. Go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and use the code CELTICS to sign up. The good thing about this deal is that when you try FanDuel, you get a special no-lose offer on your first league. That means if you put the money in and you don't win anything in the league, you don't come in the top two or three, whatever it is, for the payout, they give you that buy-in fee right back. So it's free, basically. You just have to enter a FanDuel League now, and they'll refund your ent- entry up to 10 bucks. So deposit it, play, and they'll give it back to you if you don't win. And if you do win, you keep that money. It's great. So go to FanDuel.com right now, click the microphone in the top right corner, and use the promo code CELTICS. That's FanDuel.com promo code CELTICS. Boom. Done and done. And next, drum roll, please. Splash. Splash. Thank you. And then I don't want the world to see me. Because I don't think that they'd understand. Hello, Liz. Liz. Oh, no. Liz is uh, chopping up here. Calvin, you can't uh, hear her either? Nope. Well, sounds like that uh, guest co-host invitation didn't work very well. Um, what? Let's get let's get Liz on the phone. Huh? How about you call in, Liz? The guest call-in number at 323, the FanDuel call lines. 323-642-1484. And um, while she's doing that, why don't you uh, tell a joke? Yeah, I have a joke. Have you seen the Western okay. Conference this season? <laughs> looking at it right now. Not impressed. Okay. Not impressed with the Western yeah. Conference. No, not at all. What's uh, what's the I big mean, problem with the Western Conference? I mean, it's the Warriors, right? And the Spurs. And then, I guess there's the Thunder. But, like, what happened to everybody else? Where's the rest of the West? Well, Houston is a a joke, a complete joke. What's going on? uh, Yeah. Houston's a joke. With the Spurs. The Spurs are are decent. You just said the Spurs. Yeah. Um, Spurs and Thunder are fine. Houston's a joke. Houston's a joke. New Orleans is just, wow, did we both miss New Orleans, huh? We missed that one big time in our preview. Whew. Well, well, didn't I I try? I think I, didn't I drop them because of the injuries? I think I did. Well, you had them making the playoffs, though, didn't you? Or no? Yeah, I thought oh, we both had them I, at the eight seed. 
Oh, I think we did both have them in the B8 seed. You're right. Anyway, 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 uh, we have Liz now. Hello, Liz. Hey, guys. Okay, there she is. That was fun. I think. Great. Well, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Anyway. You can. It's all good now. It's all good. Yeah, we're good. Okay. It's 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 better than <laughs> I I don't know the other connection for sure. Anyway, continue, okay. please. Give us give us your regale us with your your knowledge of the depths <laughs> of the internet. Okay, um, really scraping the bottom of the barrel tonight, guys. So I got um, one, thankfully, one story just popped up about this woman in Maine who um, apparently stole a an angry orchard truck. Did you hear about this story? It's yes, I saw a headline. Robin, so yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. So this girl, nineteen-year-old um, girl, really drunk. Thankfully, didn't get hurt or hurt anybody stole an angry orchard truck and drove it down the highway in Maine into a barn and um and then was arrested. But she was drunk, but so not an angry orchard. She didn't get away with any angry orchard is what you're telling me. Right. No no no. She she like if you look look up the story online, the picture the picture of the the box truck in the barn is is outrageous. And I once um, had it I'm sorry, go ahead. Where's the story going? <laughs> I was just going to say, I once had an insane roommate who, uh, while this while a guy was, like, it was a, a dryer's ice cream truck that was at the back of a grocery store, and while uh, while he was, like, inside dropping off the box, my roommate went in and grabbed an entire, like, giant box full of one-gallon dryer's ice cream containers, and then in our, our freezer was, like, stuffed with 18 uh, gallons of ice cream <laughs> after that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, um, it was. It really was ridiculous. Well, this so this girl um, was arrested at like 11 a.m. Drove right by an elementary school apparently, but nobody was hurt, so that's good. Jeez. But that was quite, it's such a mean story for you. I feel like mean. Um, she drove by an elementary school. That's funny that the, the the truck was that close to an elementary school. I figured it would be off on some dirt road somewhere. She's, yeah, she stole it from the 7-Eleven. It was just, I think it was running, like, in the parking lot. Okay. Moving on to the next story. Um, I thought this was pretty amusing. In Mississippi, there was a house race, and a Democratic, it was, like, two Democratic um, uh, nominations, and they tied at exactly 4,589 votes each. And in Mississippi, when there's a tie in a house race, um, the only way to decide it is to pull straws. These mandates were written, like, 100 years ago. So um, they had to pull straws. And the guy that won won because he pulled the longest straw. Was that crazy? I feel like it's like a rock, paper, scissors situation. Wait, what office was this? (laughs) This This is for the Democratic seat in the House from Mississippi. Oh, in the House of gosh. Representatives or the State House? Yeah. No. Whew. House of Representatives. And, um, Aren't they supposed to have the like a re-vote or something? It's outrageous, right? And so the dude, the dude who won, um, he's the incumbent, and his Republican challenger, um, the Democrat won. But he was like... He's like, look, my life's a gamble. I'm a farmer. I depend on the weather and the rain. Statue's clear, but my life is not. So this dude was just kind of like, yeah, if I win, I win. And, and he ended up winning. And the other guy is so mad and is like um, trying to contest it. But they think that he's not going to win because um, it's in the mandate that was written. Yeah. Yes. Do you think that the straw system is better than something like, like an arm wrestling situation? Well, yeah. Like well, let the stronger I mean, man win? Because that what is really like, could they do it? Or would you rather have the random? I think that they should have a trivia contest. Trivia. <laughs> right. Like, a true intellectual here, a trivia contest. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so they should yeah. have an, an Olympics of, some, of sorts. Like they should have a trivia contest, and they should have an arm wrestling competition. They should <laughs> have a uh, a basketball shooting competition, or like a, a, sure. a throw the, throw the ball in the bucket type of thing. 
You know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. Uh, they should have like, some uh, like, like se- six or seven of them. Like actually, let's go. Let's go ten. Let's go decathlon of of, of yep. uh, presidential candidates like or whatever man. it is, and they should yep. whoever wins that wins the wins the the seat. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, my money's still on the farmer, dude. He's probably has a lot more skills than this other guy. Um, the last interesting thing about this story is that they don't just pull from like a handful of straws, like somebody doesn't hold the straws. The straws are put into a box. You each have their own box. And then they have to pick a box from a bag and they open the box and then find out if their straw is short or long. Uh huh. That's that's the way they do it. Is there any way to like forge forge a long straw? That's what <laughs> I, I would say. I don't think so. There's no way around it. You just have to pick a box. Yeah. It was very interesting to me. Um, Okay. And the last story in the spirit of Giving Tuesday, which is today, the day after Cyber Monday and Black Friday and all that stuff, um, I read that Mark Zuckerberg is giving away 99% of his his, uh, money to charity. Which comes out to forty-two billion dollars. Giving, Giving Tuesday. What is this? I've never heard of this. What is this? Is this a new thing? It's like a thing. It's. A, I feel like it's fairly. It's probably not that new, but I feel like it's fairly new because it's like on social media, and it's just a time mm. when people promote charities or you know like share what they've donated to. It's like a spirit of the season type thing. It's uh-huh. nice. Like I like. I was actually seeing all the different charities out there, and I feel like a lot of people I know are involved with some um, amazing charities. So does Mark so, Zuckerberg know something, or is he just prepared to uh, to live off that, that 1% for the next little while and, and earn it back in whatever stocks that he has? What do you think? I mean, I mean $42 billion being 99% of his, like, his his you know worth i'm sure uh-huh. that he has many different ways to like make money back plus like it's totally livable you know like to live on the other one percent of his of his money sure well well yeah if 42 billion is is 99 or 99 percent then one percent is still a hell of a lot of money a lot of money yeah um so yeah i don't know i thought it was i thought it was really cool I think it's it's um, it's interesting when people are that um, charitable when you have that much money because I think it's easy to not be charitable when you have that much money. Or um, on, the other, on the other hand, it's also easy to be charitable when you have more money. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you, but I don't know what I would do if I had forty-two billion dollars. You never know until you have it, right? That's true. I'm just saying that if you do give up a percent of that, there's no consequence in the end. It's still like one to grow on. I'm trying to think. It's still it's still got to be like four four point two million dollars or something that he has after the forty two billion. Am I thinking about that right? Yeah. No. I would, it's more. Nah. It's more like. I think it's more like fifty or five hundred million, right? It would be like half half of a billion, right? Rich? I don't know. I don't know. We're wasting time on my brain not working. Uh okay. Thank you, Liz. Hey, you're the number cruncher. Oh, yeah, tonight I'm not. Not right now. My brain is, is like is is like locking down right now trying to think about these numbers. I just see zeros everywhere. I'll 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 crunch the numbers and get back to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, there she goes. Goodbye, Liz. Thank you very much, as usual. Give you all of them right there. Uh, thanks. There she goes. Um, we've got about uh, five minutes for each of these next few topics. Actually, I think the. You know what? I think we should we should move the. Last one to now, and push the uh, NFL one to to last. What do you think? Uh, okay, yeah, that's fine. This blogger for the Utah Jazz, 
has uh, gotten in a war of words with the Warriors, and I was just reading over the tweets that have gone back and forth with Draymond Green and uh, Steph Curry and Andrew Bogut getting involved, and this verified uh, reporter, Ben Dowsett. By the way, I I find it interesting that uh, Ben is verified, but Draymond Green, uh, according to this website, is not. No, he must be. I think they just put the, the symbol on the original tweet. Anyway, uh, this yeah, Ben Dowsett character was, uh, was, was in, what? Can I read his tweets? We don't need necessarily yeah, to sure. read, read his, read his tweets, but, read his tweets. But, and then I have we can, a couple thoughts. okay. Yeah. He says, cause I'm on, I'm on something? Andrew Bogut's side. Go ahead. Okay. Can I be honest about something? I expected just a little more respect thrown the jazzes away from, uh, GSW's locker room and what actually came. Example, Draymond and Steph, next to a TV showing Root Sports with a tweet up about how the Jazz are playing like champions, or close. Obviously a fan tweet, clearly. But both started laughing at it like it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. Dre yelled, F that. Now, here's here's the thing. Here's where I'm at, all right? uh, I guess this one doesn't have his response after that. But anyway, yeah, here's where I'm at, like... Why do the Warriors have to show the Jazz respect? They're both NBA teams. It's not like, look, it's it's one thing to be like, like those clowns, they could never beat us. That's like a one quote, right? But like, why would you have to pretend like the Jazz are, were playing like champions? Or, or close, like, of course that's funny because this isn't a playoff game. It's a random road game in, in you know, the early part of the season. Like, they're both NBA game teams. I don't understand why, like, the Warriors, this team that's 19-0, has to like show even bother to show respect to be like yeah they're a great team I was I'm really glad that we managed to beat this Utah Jazz team that's uh, mediocre in the Western Conference like why does anyone have to pretend just because just for this guy's sake for the sake of manners forget the fact that like it was stupid for him to call them out like like they need to give them respect but just the idea of giving any any other team this modicum of respect that he don't deserve can you explain this to me Ray why do they deserve respect. No, I can't really explain this to you, but I, I can say that after reading the responses from Green and Steph Curry and Andrew Bogut, I am totally on their side in this situation. And now going back and reading this reporter's tweets again, uh, it sort of seems to me like he's uh, he's sort of creeping on these guys and that he's just hanging around and seeing what's happening. So if if this is the case, if he's just standing around the locker room and they're shooting the crap after the after the game they're they're watching a little tv they they had a they had a nice win they extended their winning streak they uh had a had a little bit of a scare i guess and they still found a way to win um this guy wants a little respect for the jazz that's fine but you're standing in their locker room you're hanging out with them this is not a formal interview situation it sounds like this guy was just standing around they weren't being asked questions, and he's not even alluding to the fact that they were being asked questions. He's not saying that. He's just overhearing something, and he's getting upset about it. This is America, Calvin. This is the butthurt America. This is this is what happens everywhere. People get upset about everything, and then they go to Twitter about it. Patriots fans all over Twitter last night. It's the same thing. People get upset, and I don't agree with it. I'm on the player's side. Andrew Bogan in particular, he said, uh, people try to be heroes and tweet, quote, things from eavesdropping. We often have people in the locker room with credentials who interview nobody. I can attest to that because I've been in the locker room before. I was just getting my feet wet. I mean, I wasn't doing Jared Weiss things. He's a good interview person for CLNS Radio. But the first couple times that I was in there, I didn't, I, I mean, I didn't feel like I had the authority to be stepping in and interviewing somebody over some of the other reporters that were there. So I was just getting sound bites and things like that, but I wouldn't go cry or complain if I were to see something like that. That sort of seems just like, sounds like two guys just enjoying the fact that they won a game after the fact that they, after, after their win saying F that to the fact that somebody thought that the jazz were playing like champions seems totally fine to me because they are champions. They just won the championship. 
I don't know if this reporter saw that or not. So they should know. Anyway, next topic. Yeah, I don't. Boom. I don't, really quick, say, sorry. I don't. I uh, where I disagree with him is like, I also don't really have the problem with the guy being in the locker room not asking questions because he's all he like and even even hearing things and then reporting on them because that is a situation where they're talking to reporters. If they did say something that they didn't want to get out, they probably shouldn't be saying it in a room full of reporters sure. anyway, right? So, yeah. so like the idea of like guys eavesdropping, you can't eavesdrop on a conversation that someone's having with a media member. So that, that's where I, that's where I see the Warriors. They're just trying to take a cheap shot at a blocker, which I think is funny, but I also think... Well, I don't think it was... A, I don't even think that he was... I mean, and yeah, he's not necessarily eavesdropping, but it doesn't sound like they were in an interviewed situation. It sounds like they were just standing around and he heard them say that even from just isolating it to his tweets it doesn't he doesn't indicate that there were any questions being asked yeah that's that's fine but they should be smart enough to know that things they say in public who was reporters around are fair game you know oh, but i don't think they care that's the point i mean i, I think that well, they're taking it a little a, a little too seriously as well they're getting a little right. butt hurt themselves yeah if they don't if they don't care then why are they all tweeting at this guy i think yeah, they do exactly. care it, it is the question does remain to be seen how how honest they were. I just think it doesn't matter. I just think like why do the Jazz like why do the Jazz even deserve like this crazy amount of respect? Just you know what I mean? They're like is there any other NBA team you're playing? Okay, another NBA team. We won the game. Move on. You know, I this guy's like taking the Jazz too seriously as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, all right. What's next? A little bit more of a serious topic here. Uh, this is an LA player topic, so I'm going to let you take it because I, the first I heard about it was you telling me it was going to be on the show, so take it away, Yasiel Puig. Okay, yeah. Dodger Malcontent baseball player Yasiel Puig uh, got into an altercation in a club in Miami uh, with a bouncer and the, the report is and it's been, since been denied uh, by a team spokesman for the Dodgers, a PR spokesman, uh, but anyway, the the allegation is that the the bouncer got into it with Puig because Puig pushed his sister in the nightclub in this nightclub, and Major League Baseball is uh, investigating it under their new domestic violence policy. And I guess my question to you, Murray, is is pushing your sister domestic violence? Yes, it's violence within the home. I mean, maybe you don't live together, but I, I, no, oh, at a club, no, yeah, but I think, I think that family members fall under the definition of domestic violence. It doesn't have to be a spousal situation. It could be children. It, it could be, it could be anybody. I believe that they do fall under that, uh, that definition. Anybody in the family. So, so if she was not his sister, what if she's like his stepsister? Does that care? Hmm. I don't know. You might have to look into the the laws there. If she was just some random girl, I think it's just assault. It's not domestic violence. If she was, yeah, I just if she was not actually dating him or something and and not his relative, then yeah, yeah, I think it's it's just assault. I guess I kind of feel like it should just be assault. To be honest with you, I don't like I don't like the idea of somebody you're not in a relationship with, like being in a domestic violence situation. Yeah, I don't. I don't well, like that. I don't want to make. I don't want to take anything away from uh, people that have been victims of domestic violence here, but it, isn't that a um, lesser of a situation than just straight up assault? Like, is it? I feel like domestic violence is less of a charge in the court systems and things like that, and that's why it's more on the league to. To determine discipline for this type of situation. I don't know what type of legal situation there's going to be, and whether charges are pressed or not. She could, she may not even press charges against him. You know, as, as far as the legal thing is concerned. But I think because it falls under domestic violence, that's why the league is looking into it. If it was just straight up assault, the league would let the the law and let the court system handle it. So actually, I guess maybe that doesn't that makes it a more serious situation as, as far yeah. as the league is looking at it. But I think as far as the court system is concerned, you can be getting more trouble for assault. And I mean, I'm, I could be wrong on that. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if you're right about that. I I don't think that's necessarily the case because the whole idea. Sometimes I just talk out of my ass. It's fine. Yeah. Well, usually the idea behind domestic assault is like protecting someone, you know, in a relationship. Well, I I guess I understand why it's just it would matter, like if you lived with them, or you know. But if you were just out with your sister who you did not live with, like for it automatically to be domestic assault. I don't know. I I don't know if that that's the same thing as somebody hitting. Like getting in an argument with your sister is not the same thing as a guy, you know, being his wife. You know. Right. That's, yes. I guess that's what I, I'm I asking. would agree. Sho- yes. Shoving your sister is not the same as shoving your wife. It's just not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> okay then. Yeah. Uh, before we get ourselves into in this trouble. I mean, sort I guess in both cases you're shoving. Both cases you're shoving let's, a woman. Let's, so. let's uh, before we get ourselves in some sort of trouble. Let's wrap it up with a story about police. Okay, Ray. Yeah. So, uh, the, the the national fraternity. I'm sorry, I forget what they're called. The National Order of Police, something something like that. Uh, they're pledging the NFL to try to allow off-duty cops to be at NFL stadiums with their guns to just in case there's some sort of terrorist or ICE situation. These off-duty cops can then pull out their guns at the stadium and use them appropriately. What's your, th- what's your thought on that? I, I mean, first of all, they would have to look into the gun laws in each specific state as far as concealed weapons are concerned and right to carry, et cetera. Well, cops, off-duty cops all have that right pretty much every state, so that's not the issue. But I, I feel like it's it's different. Certain states may have a different situation for uh, crowded areas or things like that, like large crowds. I don't know. Maybe, again, maybe I'm just making things up. Um, but... I, I don't know how many off-duty cops do you have going into a NFL stadium, and how, more importantly, how many instances within NFL stadiums do you have where a gun is necessary to stop the situation? What do you think? Here's the thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily always trust the decision making of cops as it is. One, two, like the. Like most of these cops are, these off-duty cops who are going into NFL stadiums are probably doing so because they're NFL fans. Like none of these cops are ever going to have a drink, or like you're putting a gun in these dudes' hands. Three, like who knows? It just sounds like a bad idea. Like hypothetically, yeah, if you you pull your gun out in a crowded stadium, like somebody can grab your arm. Yeah, the, man. The entire thing seems like a recipe for disaster to me. Or like, like, what happens? What happens if you decide that it, it is a good idea to shoot the person, and you decide you're going to shoot them in the leg or something, right? You just want to incapacitate them, uh, and it ricochets off and it hits somebody else in a more vital area, and then they're then they're they die because of it. Just a bystander nearby. I don't think it's a very good top, idea. Yeah. Yeah, like this cop's a Raider fan, you know, then Terrible. he gets into a brawl, or he sees Terrible idea. Else a brawl, he decides it's a good idea to pull his gun. Yeah. I no politics behind this, this at all, but terrible idea to allow pe- yeah. random people, not random people, but random police to bring guns into crowded areas. Bad idea. With with alcohol yeah. involved, maybe not, not necessarily for them, but alcohol around them and the people around them. Whatever it may be, terrible idea. Yep. Anyway, keep your guns out of our stadiums and in our country, says Matt Ray. Yeah, I didn't say that. Well, let's not let's not do that. Let's not do things like okay. that, Calvin. Because I'm pissed off for greatness. Okay. I'm I'm hungry. Let's go get a goddamn. Let's go get a goddamn snack. I already said that, Rex Ryan. Good night, Calvin. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you all for listening to Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio. Uh, Listen to some other episodes for the live reads that I missed. Good night. You'll like it, I promise.
Uh-huh.